It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 2nd of May, a deep, deep, deep dive into the power forward position or the four position or the stretch four position or whatever you call it now. How unique the Utah Jazz truly were this year. We'll look at that plus a few thoughts on the Blazers win last night. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Geek alert, geek alert, geek alert. I've gone on a deep dive. I don't know where it's taking us. We're not getting to our player previews because I keep getting distracted. So we have a new thing today. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. Um, hopefully some insight that makes it more fun to be a fan of the team and the league. Uh, I'm David Locke. I'm the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and Jazz NBA Insider. And this podcast is available for you daily on the Himalaya app, uh, which is a brand new app that's out there. You can download it and add Locked on Jazz as well as um, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those fun things. So here's what. I, there's always this discussion about, well, we've got to, you know, I always, I was on with Austin and Tony and there's like, you got to go get a stretch for and this and that. And it's just not that easy, right? Like, it's just really not that easy. And I thought there would be some value in also off our conversation yesterday about faves, about trying to look and see what is out there that you know, what the power four, or what the four, I don't even know what to call it, what the four position really is in the NBA right now. So I went through every team in the league. I pulled 38 players that I thought were fours. There's probably some others that could probably be added. The primary guys, and there's a few places like us with Jay Crowder and Derek Favors where they're splitting. And Faves is frankly playing as many minutes as a center, so I could have left him out. So it's a little tricky to figure out. So I found 38 players. And we're going to break down um, what those players represent, how unique Jay Crowder, Derek Favors are, how they all rank in a bunch of different categories. I looked at them as three-point shooters, the amount of takes, how many of their shots were wide open, what their shooting percentages are. Then I looked at them as a rebounders. And then how many of them actually have a skill set? How many of these fours actually have some sort of a skill set where they can play with their ball in their hands. And that is where I think this thing gets – there's two things that are my thesis statements, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some notes on the Blazers. Um, and the two things that my thesis statement would be is three, three things, I would say, on the thesis statement. Um, one is the – there are, are – you'll be surprised at how few um, ball – multiple multi-dimensional players there are at that position two you'll be surprised at how few good shooters there are and three i think you'll be surprised at how poor our shooters were okay um those are the three one quick little note last night on the blazers and the um there's some interesting things so last night portland beats 
Denver. Dame does not have a big night. That's actually not a precursor for Portland to win. When when Dame is a high-volume player, Portland often loses, as funny as that is. Now, what's crazy is usually it means he's got a bunch of assists and other things going on. And when Dame has has four or fewer assists, the Blazers were 7-10 and 10 this year. He had four last night. When he has nine or more, they're 15-4. and four. There is actually an argument that you're better off with Dame having Dame become the show and not engage his teammates because they don't actually have skill sets to do it for themselves other than CJ. Um, it, it's, it's a, there's a bunch of bizarre numbers when CJ and Dame combine, um, for 13 or more free throws, they were only nine or eight, nine and eight. They actually, last year, they, last night they were low and it actually somehow, it actually works kind of backwards. That Portland can get better um, the less Dame's involved, which is a weird, weird thing. Um, the other one on Portland is they that's unique about last night's win. They usually need free throws to win. That's just kind of an un, little subtle thing about Portland. Last night they took 20 free throws. They were only at the free throw line. They're right at their number. They're at 19% of their possession or to field goal attempt rate. They're 39 and 13 in the season when they hit that number. When they go over that number over the last two years, they're 68 and 27. Last night they took 20 free throws. That was a very slow game. They only took 85 shots. But when they get their free throws divided by field goal attempt numbers up, they are, and they're right on it last night. They're pretty unbelievable. Um, the other one, Usually with Portland is Portland needs to offensive rebound to win, and they didn't last night, which is interesting. So a bunch of little subtle things there in that series um, with Portland and Denver, but good win by Portland. I thought Denver's spirit was unbelievable last night. That, that, that team really plays well together and does does some neat things. All right, let's get to this project. Hopefully this will be interesting to you. Um, otherwise, I've wasted your time and mine, but actually I didn't waste mine because I thought it was really interesting. So, again, there's 38 players here. And the interesting first note I'd have for you is when you just look at three-point attempts from the four position, Jay Crowder took the most of any in the NBA, and Derek Favors took the second fewest other than Taj Gibson. Is the four a three-point shooting league position? Absolutely. All but eight fours, 30 of the 38 took over 153s this year. So that is now a three-point shooting position. Derek Favors, 78, was the only Taj Gibson took fewer than Marvin Bagley took 96, and then other guys just, Jaron Jackson Jr., Thaddeus Young, James Johnson were under that. Jay Crowder took 522 threes this year, which I have double-checked like five times, and I'm double-checking again because I have a hard time believing that number. Um, it's still true. The fifth time I've checked it. 522 threes this year. Only Blake Griffin took as many. The third most amount was by Kyle Kuzma, who was actually one of the worst shooters of any of the players. And he took the third most amount of threes. The fourth most amount of threes came from Tobias Harris. 
who's interesting the more you look at it. Marcus Morris in Boston took the fifth most, Durant sixth, P.J. Tucker seven, and Marvin Williams eighth. Those were the three-point shooters that took the mo- eight most. Other than Tobias Harris, none of them shot over 38% from three. Only Kevin Durant for his career is 38% or three or better. That's kind of the the league average is at 36. If you're 38, you're a really high-level shooter. What's so interesting about this is very few of these guys that take all these threes are actually that good a shooter. You, it, it is absolutely a position that's taking it now, right? We've just shown you that. But when you start to get into who shoots them well, Gallinari this year, there were seven guys that shot 40% or better on three-point shots that were fours this year. Gallinari, Davis Bertans, TJ Warren, who only took 180 of them. Jermichael Green only took 176. Rudy Gay took 184. Bielitsa in Sacramento, Mike Scott in Philly, and Tobias Harris was at 39.7. Those are the only guys. What's even more incredible is only is 18 of the 38 guys shot 30 below 36% and took a lot. Like this is a position that you take. The worst Three-point shooters, this shouldn't, isn't that surprising, other than two of them and their magnitude. Favors was the worst for a three-point shooter, tied with Dragan Bender. Then Kyle Kuzmo's at 30%, Marvin Bagley at 31. Kirkos in Brooklyn was at 31. Gibson, 32. Jay Crowder, 33. And James Johnson and Noah Vonley at 33.6. So... Kyle Kuzma and Jay Crowder took the most and third most amount of threes and were two of the eight worst three-point shooters at their position of the fours. Pretty, despite the the high-volume guys that were good were Gallinari, Bertans, Bielitsa, Mike Scott, Tobias Harris. Jeremy Grant, Oklahoma City, deserves a notice also. But it drops off so fast. P.J. Tucker... Made 37.7% of his threes this year. For the four position, he's the ninth best. And then Marcus Morrison, I had Justice Winslow in here, even though he played a lot of point guard, but he kind of played a four point guard, um, are, are there. And then Pascal Siakam, who takes a lot of them, and is 36.9, so nothing special, just an average three-point shooter, is 13th at the position. Out of 38 guys. So it falls fast. Like if you are an elite three-point shooter at the four, you're really special. Like that's a, that's a skill set that most, that doesn't really exist. Even though we have everyone shooting them, many guys aren't, aren't particularly good at it yet. All right. We'll dig in deeper. Who got the most wide open threes? What was their percentage on wide open threes? Um, how many, what percentage of their threes were wide open. Then we'll look at true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage. But there's more to it. It's just not a, it, obviously shooting is a key part. Who are these guys rebound? Like it's still your four. You better rebound. And rebounding is becoming more and more important as offense gets better. And we'll look at offensive skill set. How many of these fours 
if we're going to stretch you out and play you on the outside or anything more than just catch and shoot? Who can put it on the deck? Who can play with the ball in their hands? I didn't look at drives. I probably should. Um, who can drive it? I'll add that in. I didn't do it now, but I'll add it in for tomorrow. Um, or maybe I'll add it in today. Maybe I'll pause the show and just add it in. It's on tape. We can do that. Um, we'll look, we'll look at, I'll, I'll do that. We'll pause the show and you'll never know when it paused because it'll all be nicely edited together. Funny how that works. Hey, if you're looking for something fun for this weekend and you want to pick up your barbecuing skills, the barbecue pit stop is your spot. Pretty awesome. Uh, located both in Salt Lake at 13, uh, East and 3rd West. Located, uh, for you as well in Layton, out by Hill Air Force Base, and in Lehigh. The barbecue pit stop, we're talking the best selection of everything. Let's break in grills, smokers, sauces, rubs, and then I actually think to some extent this third thing's the same, but the selection, it all comes down to also, I can look at a wall of 500 rubs. It does me no good unless there's somebody there to help me. And that's what the Barbecue Pit Stop brings. They bring an expertise. Kennedy up in the Layton store is amazing. Clinton is down in the Lehigh store. These guys have been doing this for a while. Steve actually was one of the guys who is uh, the core of the Barbecue Pit Stop. He actually has made his own rub. It's called the Pork Star. <laughs> Giggle. He says, it's the barbecue pit stop. It's a barbecue hobby store for you. Check it out this weekend. Over 300 sauces and rubs. Everyone has a sampler, uh, available for you. They can show you what's been used in competitions to mix your rubs, whether it's, it's pork and chicken and it's the Plowbirds barbecue plus the Obi with a sweet in the heat. If it's beef, it's the Traeger, uh, with a Saskatchewan plus the coffee rub. They've got all these great creations. And if you see Kennedy in one spot, um, and then, uh, you go to Clinton, he might give you different stuff. It's, these guys are fabulous and their passion is never ending. It's the barbecue pit stop and it's absolutely fabulous. If you are looking, uh, as a company for new employees, new people, the Lockdown Podcast Network, we are doing that. May I suggest ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans through thousands of resume to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for a job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates, so you never need, you never miss a great match. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiters get a quality component, uh, candidate through the site in their first day. All you have to do right now is go to ZipRecruiter and we will let you try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. It's the smartest way to hire ZipRecruiter. All right, let's continue in our deep dive on fours and see what you come out. See if you, I don't know, learn anything. I don't know, or just think it's interesting that I was willing to waste all this time and do all this work. I have no idea what you're finding out of this. Who took the most open threes of any one in the NBA, of the guys in the NBA this year? And the answer is P.J. Tucker, followed by uh, P.J. Tucker, followed by Jay Crowder. Kyle Kuzma again, Jeremy Grant, Marvin Williams, Blake Griffin, and then Eric and Gordon, interestingly, uh, clearly was left open on a bunch of different 
items here. So let's let's look at this. Uh, Jay Crowder had the second most amount of corner threes of any four in the NBA. P.J. Tucker had the most of three or four. Tucker made 37.4%. Crowder made 35. Kuzma, 263 wide-open threes, made 31.9% of his wide-open threes. It was one of the eight worst in this bottom 20%. Uh, Jeremy Grant in Oklahoma City had 249. He made 42%. Marvin Williams, Blake Griffin, Aaron Gordon got the most, and Marcus Morris, um, also in Boston, at 39%. Um, what's interesting is uh, that's just the that's just a number. So that just tells you how. I mean, some of the extent is games played and things like that. So let's look at the percentage of open threes that guys got. Who is taking, and I think this is important because you look at the percentage of open threes and it tells you what types of shots these guys are taking and then also if they knock them down. So John Collins, Maxi Kleber in Dallas, Jeremy Grant, Dragan Bender, Noah Vonley, Thad Young, Pascal Siakam, and P.J. Tucker, and then Derek Favors took the highest percentage of their shots as wide open threes. Collins hit 34%, Maxi Kleiber at 38, Jeremy Grant we talked about hit 42, Dragan Bender hit just 22% and 81% of his threes were wide open, Noah Vonley 32%, Thad Young hit 42% of his wide open threes and he got 80% of his threes, but that's interesting as a free agent you start thinking about Thad Young you realize he only shooting a three if he's left wide wide open. Um, Pascal Siakam off has been given open threes all year, hit 38.5. He's a career 31% three-point shooter. It'll be interesting to see what he does um, next year. Favors was at 23% uh, on his looks. Um, the guys who take the most threes contested or not wide open, Kevin Durant, only 18% of his threes are open. Damari Carroll, which is interesting. Nikola, uh, Nikola Miritich. And he took 40%, only 40% of his threes as wide open. Blake Griffin, 41. Gallinari took only 42% of his threes as wide open. He made 52% of them. Davis Bertans, 45% of his threes were open, which is not very many. And then these two guys, really interesting because they both made a lot. Tobias Harris and Jamichael Green both shot 40% from three while having less than 50% of their threes being wide open. That jumps out, like if I'm evaluating talent, that jumps out to me. Jay Crowder, by the way, only had 53.1% of his threes being wide open. So Jay took a lot of contested threes, um, and probably part of the reason why he only made 33.1% was in the bottom 20% of shooters at his, at the position, um, while taking 277 wide open threes. He also just took 522 threes uh, this year. But Jamichael Green and Tobias Harris there are interesting. Both of them with that high percentage. Michael Green hit 45% of his wide open threes, and Tobias Harris hit 42% uh, of his wide open uh, three point shots. The best wide open three point shooters of the power forwards uh, or of the fours. I don't even know what to call this position um, anymore. Uh, are. Danilo Gallinari, T.J. Warren, Jamichael Green, Rudy Gay, Davis Bertans, Mike Scott, Lori Markinen, and then Justice Winslow, who I had in here as a suspect. The worst open shooters were Dragan Bender, Derek Favors, Marvin Bagley, uh, Kirkus in Brooklyn, Julius Randle, Dario Saric, Kyle Kuzma um, were the worst. Blake Griffin wasn't much. Uh, if you're wondering, uh, Jay's at 35 points at 4%, which is in the bottom um, 
the bottom 12 the of 38 players. Here's an interesting <clears throat> one of wide-open three-point shooters. So of 38 players, the guy who ranks 19th is Marvin Williams at 38%. That's actually league average. Wide-open three-point shooting is about a 38% shot. So you suddenly, Bielitsa was only 38%. Tucker's, Tucker, who gets all these three, is actually only 37.4%. He's actually, the Rockets have turned him a below-average three-point shooter into this weapon. Miritich is below-average on wide-open threes. Al Farouk Aminu, Paul Millsap, Jay Crowder, Jeff Green, John Collins, Blake Griffin, and then the names I mentioned. Not surprising. Um, tomorrow, guys above 40% from the power forward position are the four. Damari Carroll, Tobias Harris, Jeremy Grant, Thad Young, Justice Winslow, Lori Markin, and Mike Scott, Davis Bertans, Rudy Gay, Jamichael Green, TJ Warren, and Danilo Gallinari. Now, when it gets down to it, you can't just be a spot shooter. You've got to have a little bit more to you. Which, in, which would include your true shooting percentage. So that weighs if you go to the free throw line. Um, and the best true shooting percentage guys were Gallinari, Bertans, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, John Collins, Derek Favors, Taj Gibson, and Jeff Green. So now this gives Favors some credit. Obviously, Favors is the least good shooting four in the league. Uh, or has the least range. But he is able to dunk and make shots at a lot of these guys can't get Julius Randle's next which is interesting but he's one of the lowest wide open three-point shooters and the lowest career three-point shooters so he fits into this mix um, Gallinari and Bertans are obviously high volume three-point shooters that stay in this group um, the worst true shooting percentage fours in the league Justice Winslow Dragon Bender James Johnson Mike Scott so for all of those good things we talked about Mike Scott never goes to the line can't do anything inside the break Jay Crowder Aaron Gordon, and Kirkos. So this is where the Jazz are just so crazy unique, right? So here Favors, who is not a good shooter, flips around and becomes the one of the best because of true shooting percentage, which values his twos and values his free throws, trips to the line. And then Jay Crowder, who's taking 522 threes for us, actually true shooting percentage comes out as one of the five worst at the position. Really interesting contrast, right? Effective field goal percentage, which doesn't weigh three-point shooting and just gives you credit for your, you know, weighs three-point, or doesn't weigh free throws, excuse me, but weighs three-point shooting. So now this is the whole idea that two is more for one, but doesn't doesn't give credit for going to the line. Davis Bertans was number one. Favors is number two. John Collins, but, fa- you know, Favors, so Favors is the number two effective field goal percentage four in the league which is what this is all supposed to be at, one of the best true shooting percentages fours in the league, while taking only 78 threes. Now, what does it do for floor spacing? We talked about that for the last two days. It's very detailed and intricate, but it's an interesting contrast that here favors who is clearly the least good shooter of any of the fours in the league is the second highest effective field goal percentage. Now, some of these minutes are at center. John Collins plays a lot of his minutes at center too. Pascal Siakam, to his credit, is the fourth best effective field goal percentage. Taj Gibson is the fifth, Kevin Durant six, Jeremy Grant seven, Bielitsa eight. The bottom guys, Damari Carroll, Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Dragan Bender, Aaron Gordon, Jay Crowder, Lori Markinen still, and Al Farouk Aminu. 
Kyle Kuzma's right in that group. Mike Scott falls into that. Paul Millsap's on the bottom half. Um, so, and what's, you know, the one name that's really interesting you haven't heard here, I think you probably might have thought you would have, is Nikola Miritich. So Miritich, who's thought of as kind of the prototype four, right, with all of his shooting, actually is just an average shooter. Now, he can get off a lot of them. He's willing to take contested ones, and that might be why. And maybe in a different system he gets he gets better ones. But he's just he's just an average shooter. Now, to the point of what we had earlier about the Rockets, is they've taken an average shooter in P.J. Tucker and turned him into a weapon. Now, Miritich shoots thirty only 39.9% of his threes, so 40% of his threes are wide open, where P.J. Tucker, with a little rounding, is at 80%. So those are, you know, Miritich is being guarded at a much different level. And Tucker, you're leaving because of James Harden. It's kind of an interesting contrast. All right, we're going to get to playmaking next and who can actually play with the ball in their hands. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. That's Steve Carter. He's our guy. He's Steve Carter. No, I will not do that. I will not. I promise. I will not do that. Intercap's a cool story. They... Uh, moved to Utah uh, probably now about 18 months ago, maybe a little bit more, or at least I got connected with him um, 18 months ago, and since then have just been exploding and growing at this fabulous level. And the reason is because as a lender, they're a direct lender, and they can get deals done. The other thing is they're great customer service. So when I say get deals done, they like they did our mortgage, and they still own it. They're a direct issuer, so they service your own loans. They have long-term relationships. It's better for the pay, uh, for the customer. And then Steve Carter goes above and beyond. Um, real estate agents use loan companies that get deals done because that's how real estate agents get paid, right? So they use intercap lending. Steve Carter is there for you. Steve Carter is your personal locked-on jazz lender. Tell him you're with Locked on Jazz. You'll get the corporate rate. His number is 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. We keep getting great reviews coming in. Uh, Dave Thurman said, all I can say, Steve Carter is by far the best loan officer I've ever worked with. That's saying something because I've done my fair share of loans in my lifetime. He was responsive, just down-to-earth person to work with, which is rare. I will be sure to recommend him to anyone. Well, you just did, Dave Thurman. So go call Steve Carter at 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. 
That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here. If it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. Finally, let's take a look at how many of these fours actually can play make. So this last year, and I broke this into four things, pick and roll ball handler, isolation and drives. You have no idea what I did the drives. Um, so here are the four things. Tobias Harris ran the most pick and rolls of any four in the league. 1,200, averaged a point per possession. Durant was next. Blake Griffin, third. Justice Winslow, who I put in here again, fourth. And then there's just this huge drop. So there are four fours, really three, Harris, Durant, and Blake Griffin, who can handle the ball in the pick and roll. Rudy Gay ran about 300. Kyle about 400, Kyle Kuzma ran 300, Pascal Siakam ran about 270, James Johnson does it a little bit, 260, TJ Warren 228, and Jay Crowder 178. Only Tobias Harris, Kevin Durant, and Blake Griffin were above a point of possession while running a pick and roll. So when you start playing with these players, we've talked about it's an interesting position right now because I really think what's happened is the evolution of the game is ahead of the talent set. We've got into how many of them are good shooters, and it's just not that many. We've got, a lot of them are not very good shooters. How many of them just get wide open looks? How many of them are good rebounders? Right? I don't know. If, I don't remember if we fully did that last segment, but you know, the, the guys there there aren't very many good rebounders in this group, and you've got to be able to rebound. So let's let's quickly revisit that. I meant to revisit that. The and when you look at the rebounders overall and. Uh, defensive glass, which is probably more important, favors John Collins, Jamichael Green, Noah Vonley, Marvin Bagley, Lori Markin, and Julius Randall, Taj Gibson are the good rebounders. Nikola Miritich slides in here at 14% right after that. Alfreco Muno, Paul Millsup. The bad rebounders are Jeff Green, James Johnson, Jeremy Grant, Kyle Kuzma, Davis Bertans, PJ Tucker, Justice Winslow, and Jay Crowder are the worst rebounders at the position overall. Now let's, that includes offensive rebounding. So let's look at it, including defensive rebounding, which is probably the more important position. You're, if they're a stretch, if these guys are all three point shooters, there's not a lot of offensive rebounding, but you gotta be able to defensive rebound. Lori Markin's the best. Noah Vonley's the second. Jamichael Green is the third. Rudy Gay is the fourth. Al Farouk Aminu, Nikola Miritich, John Collins, Julius Randle, and then Derek Favors. Probably hurt by playing with Rudy a little bit. The worst defensive rebounders are TJ Warren, Jeremy Grant, Jeff Green, James Johnson, Kyle Kuzma, PJ Tucker, Thaddeus Young, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and there's an, the rest of the group under 16% is Kirk and Winslow, and then Crowder. So that's, again, you now have created this position where there aren't a lot of good rebounders. Those guys are unique that I mentioned. Um, Markinen, Vonley, Green, Gay, Aminu, Miritich, Collins, and Randall are the best. There aren't a lot of offense rebounders, overall rebounders. And we've talked about that the shooting's not great. So now 
You even get fewer when you start talking about anyone actually, if you're going to stretch the floor out and play them on the outside, like we clearly are because everyone's shooting threes with this position, how many of them could actually handle the basketball? And this, there's three of them. Tobias Harris, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin. It's why I keep putting Justice Winslow in here. He's actually not good at any of this, but I actually think he's a four that can, that you're trying to, he's actually not good though. His, his points per pick and roll are .91. So there's only three of them that you can then play with the ball in the hands. How many of these guys can actually go play isolation? So you're playing on the outside, they're playing the four, you switch, and the ball comes out to favors on the outside, that's, that's not gonna work, right? But they switch, we're, we're actually down to, um, not a lot of guys again. Um, Blake Griffin, 816 isolations. Kevin Durant, obviously. Julius Randle is a very, very good isolation player. Tobias Harris is next, 319. Then Pascal Siakam. Rudy Gay, Marcus Morris, Aaron Gordon, Lori Markinen, Paul Millsap, and Al Farouk Amino. Actually, over, these are the guys who did a hundred times. So of the 38 guys who play the floor, four when you're switching, there's only 11 of them that played more than a hundred isolations. Of the, here are the ones that are actually above a point of possession. Durant, Tobias Harris, who's the best of the group, Al Farouk, Rudy Gay, Pascal Siakam. Those are the guys who are actually over a point of possession, get switched, run something, have to run. The next aspect of this position is, all right, we create some offense, we've spread the floor, we have Donovan penetrating, we kick it to the outside, can you drive? So favors is a no, right? Like, can you drive? Tobias Harris, number one guy who drives. Pascal Siakam, two. Kevin Durant, three. Blake Griffin, four. Justice Winslow, partially because he's playing the ball in his hands. Remember, I stretched to put him in there. Julius Randle, interesting. He's playing isolation. He's not shooting a three, but he's going at it. Aaron Gordon, now interesting, but he's not great at it. Danilo Gallinari, Kyle Kuzma, Laurie Market. Now we got a bunch of guys. Now that Now you have... About half these guys, actually 24 of the 38, who've driven over 100 times. That's not a lot, frankly. That's one a game. So if we get to over two or three a game, we're now down to half the group. Half the group can drive. The guys that are actually good at it, Kevin Durant's obviously the best there is. Pascal Siakam, the 1.08 points, is very good. Blake Griffin, 1.07. Then Tobias Harris. And then Boston with Marcus Morris. Al Farouk actually is pretty good driving at 1.03. And uh, same as Tobias. And then oh, the Danilo Gallinari and Kyle Kuzma are over one as well. So it's pretty interesting here. At least to me, this was the analysis I had of this of this position set. Is that we have this position that's a four now. And the first thing that's really clear is other than Derek Favors and Taj Gibson, this is now a three-point shooting, be on the outside, stretch the floor position, right? Like we, I think that I established with the amount of three-point attempts that everyone took. This is, this is the thesis of all of this research you've had to listen to for 20-some-odd minutes, okay? So 
all of these guys, except for those two guys, are taking about two a game. Everyone's taking two threes a game. They're all playing on the outside. They're all playing as three-point shooters. Now, of the guys that are actually playing out there as three-point shooters, if the middle range is 38% of shooting or overall shooting on threes is about 36% in this league now, there's only seven or eight of them that are better than 36% three-point shooters for their career. Davis Bertans, Kevin Durant, Bielitsa, Gallinari, Michael Green, Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, Marvin Williams is 36.2. It's right on league average. And of wide-open three-point shooters, where the wide-open three-point shot, which is what most of these guys get most of the time, and it's a 38% shot, which is great, I think, right? Um... Most of these, of the guys, there's only 18 of the 38 that are actually above 38%. The best being Gallinari, Green, Warren, Gay, Bertans, Mike Scott, Laurie Markinen of making open threes. Aaron Gordon's league average. It's interesting. How many of the guys are league average making a wide open three that can also play with the ball in their hands? Right now we're, now we've got it. That's the holy grail. So how many of these guys can actually put the ball in their hands offensively and either drive or ISO or do something of that sort after if if they take if they don't get the wide open three? Gallinari? TJ Warren's interesting. He played some pick and roll, can drive, not been a shooter, been a mid range shooter. Rudy Gay? Lori Markinen can, but he's not good at it at all. His points for pick and roll is .94. His isolation is .86. His drives are .88. He's really bad, but he's also a second-year player who's been injured. Tobias Harris, above-average wide-open shooter, 1,200 pick and rolls, 319 isolations, 762 drives. Might be why Marcus Morris has some value in Boston that they, it's been a little, he's not bad on the drives, not great on the pick and roll, pretty, not, he's not great at this thing, but he can do it. It matters that you can at least do it. And then obviously Kevin Durant and Pascal Siakam. So the only guys in the NBA at this position who can hit a wide open three at above average, and if you close out, can make a play, or if you switch, can play isolation, or if you need to, can play pick and roll with the ball. Are Pascal Siakam developing, Kevin Durant unquestionably, James Johnson in Miami, maybe, Marcus Morris, maybe, Tobias Harris, definitely, Laurie Markinen, badly, Rudy Gay, TJ Warren, maybe Danilo Gallinari a little. That's it. The rest of these guys are all catch and shoot guys. And they're all below average. Right? Blake Griffin probably good not, but Blake Griffin only hits 32.9% of his wide open threes. Kyle Kuzma deserves to be, can play with the ball in his hands a tiny bit on drives and pick and roll, but he's only 31.9% on his wide open threes. So why are you closing out? Aaron Gordon's developing those skills and he's right at league average. He's an interesting one. I think there's still a step for him to be had here. But the rest of them, 
Marvin Williams, average. P.J. Tucker, average. Nikola Miritich, average. Al Aminu, average. Below average. Paul Millsap, Jay Crowder, below average. J- Jeff Green, below average. They're all below average, and they can't do the other things. It's an inc- There's a myth out there that there's this abundance of stretch fours, and you just got to go get them. And I think that's my point, is that this position is just got a uniqueness to it, and there's very few guys that are really good at it. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you, it was worth your time. I loved doing this research project and learned a ton out of it, so I hope you did as well. Have a great day. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, Intercap Lending, and the Barbecue Pit Stop for sponsoring today's show. If you're interested in advertising, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. It is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go grab today's Locked On NBA. I'm with Ben Golliver, and we had a great time. Have a good one. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.